Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 212 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Well, what a week! It's our first honey extraction of the season and we've spent the week adding clearboards, removing supers and heading back to base to start extracting. Join me as the honey flows. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Hi everyone, podcast time once more and what a momentous week it's been. The first honey extraction of the season is now underway and features heavily in today's podcast. And I still can't quite believe that we've managed to get just about all of the supers off the hives without the usual near disasters that normally befall us. We've had some near misses in the past years and some fraught, tense moments, but this week seems to have gone without a hitch, really. I'm feeling quite good about it all, to be honest. We've had a generous helping of good fortune from the weather gods, which has made the entire process so much simpler. And apart from some crazy early starts to the days, which, to be honest, felt more like the middle of the night, we've had things mostly go our way. Let me explain how things have worked out for us this week. To start with, we're about a week late, I think. Certainly the Langstroth supers have granulated oilseed rape honey in them, and they're just not going to extract at all. This means I'll be cutting out the honey and wax and starting over again with those frames, but more of that later. So far, it's been a little last minute with getting the honey room prepared for the extraction. I'm sure lots of commercial beekeepers well, and backyard beekeepers have the same challenge. The issue is the honey room basically gets used maybe twice a year, once in the spring and again in late summer. For the rest of the year, it's just an empty space being used to store all of the extraction equipment. Now that's fine if you happen to have lots of space, but where it's a little more cosy, you have to make these rooms into multifunction spaces. My honey room has doubled up as a frame making room, a bottling room and a painting room at various times. Needs must and all that. And I think probably like a lot of other commercial beekeepers, I'm a little late in clearing everything out to begin the extraction process. So with this in mind, and Thursday being the target day for taking off the first batch of honey, you will have found me in the honey room on Wednesday, rushing around, moving kit from one place to another, sweeping and washing floors, setting up the extraction kit, and generally preparing for the coming days. As usual, Steph was there to keep me heading in the right direction, and together we managed to do a pretty good job, I think. The plan has been pretty straightforward removing the fishing lakes and allotment honey first, then heading out for the Langstroth supers. The first batch are the national supers, and these fit national standard, national 14 by 12s and commercial hives. 
The process of removing the supers is easy enough. We use something called a clearer board to separate the bees in the supers from the queen in the brood box. This cuts off the pheromones from the queen and the workers, in a desperate chase to re-establish contact with their queen, funnel down through the clearer board to get back to her. Now there are many different types of clearer board out there. I personally favour the rhombus style boards, but we now also have a few with homemade baffles that work really well too, and that's down to Pete. This week was in fact the first time of trying them out, and once more it was another process that just worked for us this year. Of course, in order to get them to work properly, you do need a queen right colony. A colony that is queenless just doesn't clear down the supers, so we have a petrol blower that we can use where necessary. I don't really like using it as a standard way of getting bees out of the supers instead of the clearer boards, but when we do have to use it, it works just fine. Allowing for an overnight period to clear down from supers back into the brood box means we can work our way round the apiaries during the afternoon and return the following morning to collect the hopefully empty boxes. Phase one was, well, just like clockwork really. All of the boxes had cleared and it's a simple task to lift them off the hive. The trick here is to make sure you don't lift the clearer board up when you also try to lift the super. Remember, they can be very heavy and propolis can stick the super to the clearer board, which results in hundreds and probably thousands of bees pouring out from under the clearer board to chase you away. If you gently prise it up a little with your hive tool, it makes all the difference. The other thing to mention is that this task needs to be done early, when the bees are still tucked up inside the hive. Otherwise, the supers will quickly fill with bees, robbing out the honey in a free-for-all, and you'll be left with some really nice clean super frames and literally no honey. So these supers all went back to the unit here in Norwich and were moved into the warm room. Temperature set to 28 degrees Celsius and I'm hopeful it will keep the honey nice and liquid for an easy extraction. Once that job was done, it was off to the various farm apiaries to set up the Langstroth hives. These are the honey pour and techno set hives. I guess this is where we discovered one slight drawback with the vertical split technique that we've been using to make up more colonies. These boxes weigh an awful lot and lifting them to something like shoulder height for me was a bit of a challenge. By the time we had all the clearer boards on, I think both Steph and I were feeling that there was no need to visit the gym and we had to come back the following day to do it all again. 4am the following morning and I'm back in the truck and off to pick up Steph and feeling really quite tired already. We reached the first apiary at around 5am and thank goodness we did. It takes quite a lot of time to remove something around 90 odd boxes of honey in supers or bigger brood boxes and that was the total box count for the entire farm apiaries. We kind of counted a brood box as about two supers to give us a feel for what we might have as a total honey crop. With everything strapped down, it was a gentle drive back to the unit. This was the point of most worry and stress for me, I guess. That amount of honey has a lot of weight and a lot of value, and we're very cautious about safety. If you look at the picture I've published on Patreon, you'll see how well it was strapped down. 
One very valuable lesson we picked up on for the journey back was we really need to get a decent cover for the trailer when we bring the honey back from the borage. To explain, we got back, unloaded, and within minutes of having everything in the warm room, it was lashing down with rain. Imagine if we'd been caught out in a traffic jam and hadn't made it back before the rain. We might have seen all of our hard work washed out of those open cells. I've added a decent tarpaulin to the list of things I need to buy. We did have a minor parking challenge once we got back to the unit. You see, the units are on something of a slope and I decided to drive down the slope and reverse around a corner to then drive back up to the unit so that I could get the honey a little closer. Once down the slope and preparing to reverse, I found that the trailer kept putting the brakes on. By way of explanation, I had the trailer, this is the old trailer, you'll understand. I had it repaired, renovated and generally tidied and serviced a while back. And the chap that did the work for me found that the anti-brake lever, the thing that stops the trailer from braking when you put it in reverse, had broken off. His fix at the time was to tell me that I didn't really need it. How wrong can you be? Anyway, eventually I found a simple fix, which was after, admittedly, a few minutes of near panic head scratching. It was just simply a couple of bits of wood shoved into the gap to prevent the mechanism from locking on the brakes. It actually was quite perfect. It worked well, and I was able to reverse the trailer and get back into position. The task now was to lift off all of the honey boxes full of honey and get them into the warm room before it rained. The unit has a roller shutter door to make the job easier. That is, unless you block said door with piles and piles of kit because you've cleared out the honey room in preparation for the extraction. It's not easy lifting all those boxes through a standard doorway, but we somehow managed it without drama, and thank goodness we have those floor dollies to move a stack of ten supers from door to the honey room. Otherwise, we would have been absolutely shattered. I think I might have mentioned before that I recently found some of these very useful dollies for sale in the little supermarket nearby, so I bought 10 as they were very reasonably priced. Thank goodness I did. They worked very, very well. There was, however, one near disaster involving these dollies, and this morning I have all the scratches and bruises to show for it. The dollies are rectangular but quite narrow, and not the same footprint as the Langstroth supers. The supers hang over the sides by quite a way, which I thought would be quite useful if you want the warm air to flow in and up the stack. But if you try to pull the stack of supers from the side rather than the end, what you find out is that they have a tendency to fall over. Thank goodness it was me pulling the stack and not pushing it towards Steph, a stack of 10 Langstroth supers is a significant amount of weight and it took a huge effort on my part to stop it falling over and secure it again in a safe upright position. Lesson learned. On a serious note, I'm going to have to put in some health and safety training for anyone helping me to extract this summer, which is likely to be my brother and his teenage son. I really don't want anyone getting hurt. The stacks move quite nicely if manoeuvred by the ends, but become unstable if you try to move them from the side. Notes made for future training purposes. 
Talking of my brother, it reminds me of a, well, I think a funny story from way back when we both got started in beekeeping and had a joint summer extraction. Way back when, all we had was a two-frame galvanised tin extractor and settling tank. Completely illegal these days, but it was a start and we were very naive. Anyway, there were no warm rooms in those days, just hot rooms called the conservatory. So there we both were, and I apologise in advance for the following description. Those with a sensitive disposition should skip forward 60 seconds. Anyway, there we were, with a stack of about five or even ten supers, our total honey harvest for the year between us, in a very hot conservatory, stripped to just shorts and flip-flops, steam uncapping tray boiling away, electric hot uncapping knife adding to the temperature, and both of us taking turns to spin the handle of the extractor to get the honey out. It wasn't a very pleasant sight, made worse by the sweat that was dripping from us and, dare I say it, into the extractor and settling tank. How things have changed since those days, I'm pleased to say. Bringing it back to now, the current position is that the honey is in the warm room. We've had to start cutting out the fairly large percentage of oilseed rape honey, but that was always the plan with the Langstroth supers anyway, so that we can replace the wax foundation later this year. The plan now is to spend the weekend cutting out and extracting where possible and get those boxes back on hives where they can, and if not, over to the workshop for frame boiling and re-waxing. We're going to shoot a lot more videos showing the extraction process once we get to the summer harvest. I just need to get this oilseed rape honey off as fast as possible, but I have posted one video showing the extractor dancing around the honey room, so do check that out. Finally, and changing the subject a little, the first batch of queen rearing was almost a total disaster. I think we have five sealed queen cells out of all of those that I grafted. My fault entirely, I was rushing and trying to shoot a video at the same time, but we have at least got some queen cells, if only a few, to move into some queenless nukes, and I can show you that process as well. The good news is once those queen cells are out, I can repeat the process, although to be honest, I'm going to set things up a little differently, which means I can leave one queen cell behind in the cell builder colony and allow them to requeen themselves. It's lucky I have some more queens arriving next week. That means I have to set up queenless colonies for Thursday, which is another task for Monday and Tuesday in the coming week. It seems the workload has suddenly shot up again, but that's just what I want, and it should give us plenty of strong colonies for the summer borage crop. It's an exciting time, if not a little tiring. Well, that's it for this week. Have a fun beekeeping week. I hope your extraction has gone well. I'll catch up with you all again next time. Oh, and if you don't mind, make sure to tell everyone to sign up to my Patreon page. It's full of useful beekeeping content, even though I say so myself. I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Sweet.